Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to this episode of Lessons in Resilience. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today with Hita Palepu. She is the an incredible woman who is focused on supporting, encouraging more literacy in folks, getting excited about intellectualism, all these different pieces, alongside being a pharma executive. And so when I thought about talking to folks about what it means to be multi-passionate, Hitha was like so high on my list of folks I wanted to chat with. She's also been in my corner, a huge supporter of my work, someone who does incredible work in the world as it stands. And we're waiting for Hitha to join us. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Have you guys ended up back in New York yet? Are you guys still? Okay. Office. Well, hello, home office. How does it feel to be home? God, it's so good. I'm just going to like move you around and get some better light. Sounds good. I know. I'm going to actually move you a little bit so that we don't get an echo because I have you on a surface that likes to echo. So just bear with me for a sec, fam. But (laughs) when did you guys end up back in New York? We came back, so Sri and I came back um, without the boys for four days to just clean and get, like, the handyman over to, like, get the air conditioning, all that stuff, and then went back, stayed home for a day for my mom's birthday so that I was running around making sure mom had the best birthday because she had taken such good care of us for the past four months, (laughs) and then came back on Sunday, so it's been over, like, a week of the day now. Wow. How, so how does it feel to be back in the city? So, like, New York is definitely different, and I think it will be for quite a while, but, like, home is home, and the yeah. boys have their playroom again, and their rooms, and, like, Ro- Rocky's and sleeping in a travel crib. We <laughs> <laughs> have, like, a proper changing table for him, and Ro has all his old toys, and is, like, so excited, and he actually, we found a very safe, um, outdoor camp for him for a few hours so he went to art camp today and the council texting me and telling him what what a joy row is and how much fun he's having and I'm like oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) you're like they're still socialized this is good in the past few months haven't with another kid in four months I feel so bad oh my goodness that is amazing, though. I'm glad that you guys are back home and safe, and I it's it's interesting to see what things are going to look like the f- next few months, and we've talked about this before at length, but I want to get to uh, your story now. You and I have been Instagram friends for a while, and we actually got to connect over quarantine, finally, digitally, over, like, while you were at your parents, and I got to learn so much more about you, and something that I find so interesting about you, Hitha, is you are a pharma executive, but then you also have this beautiful online platform that you create, which, as I was saying in the beginning, like promotes literacy and staying informed and education, all these different pieces. So can you share a little bit of how you started with your online presence and and what it was like to sort of navigate 
being an executive, being in this space, but then also wanting to cultivate and create an online blog and presence? Yeah. So you were seeing kind of, I started taking off 10 years after I had been creating content online. So, <laughs> guys, this is it's a long game. Um, but basically, when I first started working for my father in the industry, I decided to start a blog because everybody was and I was reading them and it was a hobby I could maintain while I was traveling constantly. So obviously, like your life's merged together and I started writing about packing and travel on my blog because I'm like I'm in a suitcase three weeks out of every month and this is my life and I started publishing travel and packing content that resembled more what people were actually traveling and packing for not the quit your job and sell your thing live out of a <laughs> But I got a business trip and I'm tacking on a weekend with my girlfriends and how do I pack for that in a carry-on? Or I have like a multi-stop trip. How do I pack for that? And like, how do I stay organized? And that was my life. So it was when I started publishing content like that, that my blog took off. I think for my first brand online was Packing Girl. <laughs> Fully double packing girl i did video series i did a curated box with quarterly full of my favorite packing accessories i literally wrote a book about packing that's amazing i didn't even know this part of your journey this is so great and then after my book came out after i had promoted it i'm like i'm really tired talking about packing my passion wasn't packing though I do find incredible satisfaction in like a perfectly packed and organized suitcase or in the case of COVID like packing up my car where all my stuff is in there and I can <laughs> that also feeling but my passion was really helping women save time and energy on the things they have to do so they have time and energy to do the things they actually want to do mm. that is what continues to drive me today. And so the blog did pivot from packing content to more lifestyle content. So I had an aggressive publishing schedule that I don't even know how I kept up with it, where it was like a recipe on Monday, some kind of like work or productivity post on Tuesday, an outfit that you could actually wear and people won't be like, why is she wearing a costume? <laughs> Travel content Thursday and a book review Friday. That's insane. How did you, well, we're going to actually get into your productivity stuff later. So we're going to leave that for, for down the line in the conversation. But then, and that I was, there was about a year and a half where I was active with our, um, we were both also angel investors and this is another thing Komal and I definitely bond in, but I was active with our portfolio companies. I was, um, winding down a startup that I had founded kind of in my in-between pharma period. And I started helping my dad with his new company. But at the end of 2018 is when my father asked me to come formally on board as CEO and help fundraise and develop strategy for the company. And at that point, I really had to say the blog's got to go. Like, I can't maintain it at the level I want to. Like I wasn't willing to sacrifice and downgrade the content or the quality in order to keep it up. And so I kind of took a bit of a break on social media, on, um, on creating content in general. And I was in my first trimester of my pregnancy with Rocky. So I was like, I wasn't working. I was like in bed sleeping. I, 
<laughs> it was rough. That was the, those were the two sides of it. It was, but that's when I also was like reading a lot of news and going like, I want people to talk about this with. And my mm -hmm. husband and father are bored of me sending me articles and be like, did you read it? Can we talk about it? Did you read it? Can we talk <laughs> so they were just like, stop talking to us about this. <laughs> I decided that and I was like, well, I'll just publish them on Instagram and maybe, maybe people will read it. And that's how five smart reads got started. And that quickly snowballed. And I have to think that it was spending that 10 years of blogging and knowing how to tell a story, have a point of view, but encourage conversation and having the discipline to just churn out content that allowed me to be consistent and be highly focused to know what would work with five smart reads that I had the ethic and the foundation to sort of handle its kind of explosive growth and mm. that has been you know the platform in addition to my day job that I'm very focused on now the podcast came from it as well which has been amazing and there's now I moved all my newsletters and some kind of content I'd been creating over to Substack. So yeah. all my old newsletters are there. A lot of my Q and A's are there and I will be publishing like essays of things that interest me and I can get back into more long form writing again, which is really fun because mm -hmm. people ask me, it's like, what did you think of Indian matchmaker? Which was <laughs> what do you think of what's happening with COVID and this sort of anti-masker movement? I'd like to be able to have like a place to write in depth and that people can reference or share that's rooted in science <laughs> and COVID case. And for Indian matchmaking to be able to have a place where you can discuss it, where it lives somewhere versus me screenshotting DMs and resharing and spending that time because after spending a weekend completely off my phone, I am like, oh, I want more of that. Yes. And I feel like we create content at such a high pace when it comes to Instagram that you're right. We don't necessarily have a great place to archive, to have it all live. So I'll, again, come to software later. But before we move on from origin story, did it ever feel like your passions were incongruent with each other? Like this blogging aspect of you and then the ex pharma executive part of your brain. Because I think for a lot of folks who might be listening, they are multi-passionate in this way where it's like artist and, um, you know, focused in STEM or in business, but wanting to play a little bit more in a creative space. How did you reconcile those two parts? Was that, was there ever sort of conflict that you experienced when you were trying to figure out where you wanted to spend more of your time? Never conflict, because I think this is how I've always been. And I'm very mm. grateful for having parents that encouraged it. And mm. really, my mother, give her all the credit for this, of why I am the way I am. Because at never was a point where she had kind of said no. She was like, okay, let's talk about how we'll make it work and prioritize and schedule. And how do we carve out time for it? If you're going to do something, do it you know, with your full effort and with your full passion, but make a commitment that we're going to do this long. And that kind of carried with me to college where most Indian parents want their children, South Asian parents want their children to have some sense of security post-graduate. Post so my parents were very, that we will pay for college if you make sure you get a technical degree of some kind. You can major in whatever else you want on top of it, but you will have a, like, a science degree of some sort that will give you some kind of job security that will for them they were just like you have been raised 
like a sense of privilege and a certain lifestyle and mm. I to make sure you can maintain that long after we're gone on your own so yes grateful for pragmatism you. kicks in exactly and i think i'm going to do the same thing with my kids or like otherwise they have to give me like a very full business plan of why <laughs> going to what it's going to do for them but i digress so i majored in biochemistry and history in university and i think that kind of i had always been i think dual brained in nature equal parts technical and analytical as i am creative and artistic and that really, I think, forms so many neural pathways that that multi-hyphenate life is always the one for me. And I was, there was never an option ever doing one thing. Mm. And I love that because I feel like society tells us we can't be all those things. But I also felt this in university and in high school, like I appreciated all subjects. Like it was like physics was my jam and English was my jam, but we live in a way where specialization and focus on the one thing is what's promoted but if I didn't have the spectrum of interests that I do I wouldn't be the well-rounded human that I am today mm -hmm. so what advice do you have for people who might be feeling like how do I do both of these things or am I allowed to do both of these things um, sometimes we need permission from people and this could be that permission that they get we are giving you permission <laughs> first and foremost if you leave permission we are giving it to you take it <laughs> is I go back to thinking about my childhood and like what made me happy as a kid and going back into those things and exploring them a bit and I think we're also in so focused on how do we monetize everything we do and monetize our time no like we got to bring clay back in and doing things just because we enjoy them not because we're particularly good at them I am an amateur crafter at best like I would never put my stuff to like sell anywhere and it's like out of every five baby hats I make maybe one is good enough to like <laughs> and when they have a newborn but I enjoy it I enjoy doing something with my hands that has nothing to do with work like either of my jobs and I think that's really important to like as a good place to start because doing something just for the sake of doing will allow your brain to kind of turn off active voice and let your subconscious really come to the forefront or you just quieted yourself that you can actually listen to what mm -hmm. your goal is telling you to, this is fun, this is great, more of this please. And you can actually hear what your, what your body's trying, to, what your whole soul is trying to tell you. And when it comes to resiliency, which that is like my jam, we know I'm a resilience educator. This is, this is that magic spot where if we can cultivate those hobbies, if we can lean into pleasure, if we can lean into joy and coming back to, like you said, that childlike appreciation and wonder for things, we are going to be so much more better off when we face hard things or when we need to head into quarantine and don't really know how to take downtime. It's those things that allow us to sort of expand through hardship. So thank you for sharing that aspect of things. Now, something that you're also like, I love your blog, even your old blog posts when I, when I check them out and like productivity hacks. <laughs> I love productivity hacks. And when you were sharing around your blogging schedule in the early days, how did you stay on top of things? And was it like a unrelenting schedule that you were committed to or were you able to build in and still optimize and be this high performer who was posting so much and leading the life of the executive 
was there a bucket for self-care and wellness in that, no. that part of things? No. Not as it was. I really, yeah. unrelenting, and it was like I had one child, I had the blog, and I had my job. And at the time, the blog took up more of my time than the job. And that's why when the, like, tables started to turn, I had to, and I was pregnant, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, like, put this on pause to figure out, focus on, you know, my growing family and my growing business. And I will figure out what's next for me with regards to content once I'm able to, like, put that on pause. And mm -hmm. I was scared, though, because, like, Hitha on the Go was such a big part of my identity. Like, and it was mine. It was what I mm -hmm. was myself. It wasn't the company my dad had founded that I was working for. And it wasn't my children who are, yes, they're mine, but they're also their own little people. And I want them to, I am their caretaker. You know, I am not defined. I don't want to be fully defined by my children nor have them be fully defined by me. So it was sad, at least, like to say, oh, I have to give this up for a bit. Mm. Now I do. I think I have a much better balance of a very relenting day job where I'm raising our Series A and developing a couple new clinical strategies that's unrelenting um major but i'm also creating con sharing content on a schedule that works for me and i have plenty of time with my family and i do have some downtime for myself so a lot of it is is when i am working i i have really been focused on putting my phone down at all costs and minimizing mindless scrolling as much as possible or checking your phone for the sake of it not because you actually have an important notification so that has done wonders for me where on the weekends i leave my phone in a drawer in my bedroom and like if my father needs to get a hold of me he can call my husband or um we also have cameras in our home so he'll like creepily speak in into the camera and then we <laughs> facetime <laughs> Yeah. And I carry a book with me instead. So I read two books this weekend and I was like, this is amazing. That's amazing. I need more of that. Once we're out of launch week, I'm like, I need to detox. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's that. There is, I have a better, I call, my coach calls it intuitive scheduling, which I love, but it's really checking in with yourself at the beginning, top of the day. Figure, how do I feel? Okay, what needs to get done and when, based on how I'm feeling, is it the best to do these certain tasks? Mm. Which I think is really strong because right now I am at the mercy of when certain doctors are available and when certain investors are available to speak. I can't really bucket it out where I only take calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I mm. can't do that right now, but I can carve out time in between if I have you know, calls in the half hour in between, I can go, oh, I can read through all the articles I bookmarked up and figure out what's right for five smart reads. And then if I have an hour chunk later in the day, I could go, okay, I can prep tomorrow's newsletter and like actually write the summaries and get everything formatted and scheduled. And I mean, as a result now, like I don't share as much as I used to on Instagram, but I think I'm a lot more purposeful about what I think with that feed posts matter i hope that like they have some kind of there's reason or an intention or purpose behind them and my stories are the same there's there are moments where i'll be like this is a really cute moment between the boys so snap and share but i'm also not just talking into the camera as much during the day unless i have something important to say or mm. 
Yes, yes. And would you talk about that process of going from that unrelenting everything, like all the time, to now finding this semblance of, dare we say, balance or integration, whatever words we want to use? Well, what helped you like prioritize or, or find this rhythm for yourself? Well, it was a, it was a mental health reckoning. Um, I had prenatal depression, I had postpartum depression with Roe, which was very scary. And I had, severe, I had it severely. So I was on an SSRI and weekly therapy. And I really had to like take a leap from the startup I was building for about a month in order to really focus on my health. And that's when I signed a book deal. So <laughs> as it happens, as it happens. So I don't think I took as good care of myself in that, in that mental health um, chapter of my life. So with Rocky, I got prenatal depression and I identified, I, because I'd been through it before, just in a postpartum sense, I was like, I know these symptoms. I know what I need to do. And thankfully working for my father and us having, being in like a weird pause time because we were in the middle of a LLC to a C-Corp conversion and we're just waiting for all the paperwork and all that to go through. Work wasn't super challenging. So I had that space to care for myself. I immediately started seeing a therapist again. And then I really, that's when I carved out the time. That's when I said, time spent sitting in bed and reading a book while, you know, Rose at school and my husband is at work and everything that needs to get done like that will make me better for the work um time spent sleeping in a little is great like time spent doing the things that you're happy but not necessarily related to some kind of business roi is important it has my own personal return on investment and that's when i made time in my day non-negotiable so i do work out every day and honestly your workout videos are super motivating for as are yours like we motivate each other this is so good and that's like what this is it's like all about it i meditate every day because i am a better person for it and sometimes that is a 10 minute meditation sitting on my meditation cushion all by myself and sometimes it's a one minute heads, kids headspace that i do with row because <laughs> off the walls but it happens it just it happens every day i read every day because that is just it gives me so much peace and calm. And then I either cook or needlepoint every day. Mm. These days it's cooking because we are no longer with my parents. <laughs> but like putting my phone away and playing some good music and like listening to my kids, just watching them play while I whip up something is just really nice. And like, again, creating, not consuming, just I think fires up different parts of your brain that often are left um, dormant in our typical work day when we are following up or kind of on somebody else's agenda or responding to somebody else's agenda or kind of caring for all the stuff you have to do that do something that's like really good for yourself and cooking I think is fantastic for that because the act of cooking feeds my soul and when I eat my own food I'm significantly healthier which I do need to prioritize like right now I do too I realize like my gap that I've realized in my life in quarantine because for me like as we're launching our resilience program the next right step it turns out quarantine was a great incubator for me to create this program and, and bring it into the world but I've also noticed the gaps in my life which for me is nutrition and cooking and so once we've got this program out into the world at like later in the summer, my goal is to like 
rebuild my relationship with my food yeah. because right now we have an incredible, my, our cousin lives with us, Nathan, and he loves cooking and he's so damn good at it. And I'm here for it, but I'm like, I need to start rebuilding this into my habits. So in your quarantine experience, it's been insane for everybody. Um, and I can also only imagine what it's like to have two children while in the midst of it, doing home teaching, all those things. And you were able to have support of your parents for a good chunk of time. Um, but what gaps in your life came up for you in quarantine? Like what were both the silver linings and then the areas where you're like, oh shit, this kind of needs my attention. Silver linings definitely were the time with my parents. Like we have a finite amount of time on the planet. My mom is almost 70. My father is in his seventies. I just don't know how much time I have left with them. So those four months were a gift. Like, beyond anything else just that time and like sitting down with them at the dining table every night my husband was off watching whatever he wanted to watch the kids asleep and just sitting around and talking like those are some of my most cherished memories and it fed my soul in such a way that it was incredible another thing was really the time of the boy and definitely with ro who like rocky is one and a pretty adaptable one and but watching him like learn how to crawl and then walk and then run in Philly was like really amazing and having my parents being able to be there and see that as well was just very special with Ro it went from me seeing him like giving him worksheets and doing things together and like reading to him so much to all of a sudden sitting in a corner and like watching him read a book out loud to himself and I'm like what magic is this what just happened <laughs> And him start doing, like, math worksheets and, like, actual math. And we actually, it was, like, a, probably a month and a half into quarantine that I said, I think Ro needs to be at a different school for kindergarten, regardless of what happens with COVID. Like, this child, I just got to know him so much better. Mm. Here to say because he's my child, but, like, in, the tip of, in our normal lives where I'm out a couple nights a week and I'm, I was always a little distracted. I was never really present with my children. It was really – I was marveling over this, my little human, and going, oh, you are ready for so much more, child. So we changed the school in the middle. That's amazing. And it's – um whether it's remote or in person or some combination of both, I feel really strongly that this school is like the next, the next best step, next right step for him. And to, yeah, to that point, like he's at, I saw how creative he was with art. And so when I kind of, when I knew we were coming back to the city and starting to look at places, I was like, I want art for him. And this is like, the I want to go to this camp. It's art and meditation and yoga. And I am like, do they have this for adults, please? I want to go. Yes. <laughs> Just knowing, I know him so much better now. So those are all that sense of really strong family connectivity that I would have never gotten if it hadn't been for quarantine. I am eternally grateful for. But I did put everybody else above me. And I think, like, being with your parents, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I regress to, like, my teenage self in a bit. Especially in the house you grew up in. Yeah. You know? You can't help 
that regression. Exactly. And so, but like I have children, so I can't, I can only regress so much, so much. I have like the responsibility of my children. So it was a very weird mental space that I really couldn't, um, even in the four months, I never really got out of it, out of that funk in any kind of way. <laughs> it was actually pretty, pretty bad and pretty weird. But that coming back here, like it just went away because I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, I'm also queen of this castle. Yes, this is my casa. This is my house. I, I know my, like, this is where I thrive. Yeah, it's like my mom and I kind of butt heads of it, and I have to, like, stay back because she's alpha in her home, and I get to be yeah. alpha here. So it is nice to be alpha. That's amazing. I was just thinking of that because, like, my brother, they had their plumbing back up last month. So they had to move in with my parents as well. And so... When I call home, like, hearing, like, my nieces and nephews in the background and how joyful my parents are, like, they're never going to get these next four months back until my brother and sister-in-law can move back into their place. And I'm not going to lie, I'm having FOMO because I'm halfway across the country and miss my parents dearly and my whole family. But it is such a gift, that extra time with our parents, especially as they grow old and we get older and can appreciate them and their friendship that much more. It's so, so nice. So I got a message yesterday from someone who is working full-time, work from home, two young children, um, trying to navigate, like, putting any time in the day for herself and what that looks like, especially looking at the fall and saying, I'm also going to turn into teacher soon again um, as a mother, because this is something I can't speak to. I can only hypothesize about. Um, sure, if you were pre having those experiences with postpartum and prenatal depression, what would have in enabled you to actually put these habits in place? Like, do you have any words for folks who are in that space of just unrelenting and the burnout so close, but they have a little bit of grace period to like find ways for themselves every day? Like start with one thing. Don't jump into this very elaborate morning routine that could take a half hour to do and, and if you miss it one you beat yourself up over it and then you just that sense of like failure never pick it back up again start with one really like a micro habit so whether it's like i'm just going to drink a, i'm going to drink put a glass of water on my bedside table and first thing in the morning i'm just going to drink it start with that then it's i'm going to drink the water and i'm just going to close my eyes and take 10 deep breaths and then get out of bed. And then build some micro habits that give you some space and time, like in the routine. I also, I'm very big on seeing the micro moments in the day. Like I, I think my education allowed me to read quickly, be able to pick something up when I put it down and whatnot. But that, this is something that almost anyone can cultivate. Like if you have five minutes in the day that your kids are giving you some peace, Put down your phone and pick up a book. And whether you remember anything of that book doesn't matter, but the art of putting down this device that can cause like, your cortisol levels to cause so much stress and anxiety for you, putting it down and picking something else up that you choose, it doesn't matter whether you read a word, a page, or a sentence, or two pages. The fact that you took that time for yourself, that is deeply beautiful. And it helps rewire your brain from being less reactive and being a little bit more proactive. 
and be very kind with yourself. Like, it's, this will not last forever. I promise you. Like, healthcare in, Amer healthcare in America is, like, so messed up. But I have never seen the pharma industry, life sciences industry, be this, like, focused on a common goal ever. So we will have some kind of vaccine and we will figure out how to dose the vaccine to get to some sense of herd immunity so we can so safely reopen. In the meantime, with your kids, are they alive? Are they fed? Do they rest? And are they content? Like, that's it. That's it. Once they get back into school, they'll learn. And this is, think of this also, and it's easy for me to say this because I'm in a good headspace right now. And if someone had told me this when I was in a down headspace, I wouldn't want to smack them. So <laughs> you can smack the phone. It's totally cool. Our kids growing up in such like a changing time that this is going to radically change what education is in the future, what life is in the future for us, the future of work. And we're living in history right now. So just sort of hold on for dear life and focus on surviving. Do not focus on thriving because no one is thriving right now. Nobody. I have moments of thriving, like many. Yes. And we, we soak in those moments when they show up. But, and so soak in those moments and redefine what, what is success right now. Mm -hmm. How, what is a good day in quarantine? And try to like hit a couple of those things on the list every day. Mm -hmm. That's actually something that's so helpful for me is like, there, I have that list of things I want to do every day, like you shared. Mm -hmm. If I hit like one or two of them, at the beginning of quarantine, I would like beat myself up if I didn't get all five things done. Mm -hmm. But now I have that ability to provide grace to myself to be like, it's compounding. And if you do one or two of these things each day, you're going to be so proud of yourself. But like lessening my own expectation of myself was so important because that's where I would get so disappointed or, you know, the self-doubt or the negative self-talk would come up is because my expectations mm -hmm. weren't realistic given the fact that we're in a pandemic. <laughs> also put an autoresponder on your personal email that just says, this is a pandemic. I have young children. Life is crazy. I will respond to your email if it warrants a response. <laughs> or that effect to just sort of absolve yourself of this need to get to inbox zero, at least on one of your inboxes. Like you can't mm. work, but you can absolutely do that with your personal. Mm, that's such a great tip as well. There was one question that came up in the comments that I want to pull back to before we wrap up, because I want to be mindful of your time. I'm already eight minutes past, but I hope you, are you okay? Are you good for a couple minutes? Okay, perfect. Um, so someone asked, how do you go from consuming to creating? And can you share with us what that looks like or looked like for you? Again, micro, micro moments, whether it's doodling in your notebook or on like a pad of paper that's on your desk and something I do with grow, like I can kind of show you what it looks like is we do split, what we call squiggle coloring. So like, I will just like take some paper and draw squiggles and then we'll color in like each section and we'll just I love that. color it in. And because it's so, you know, irreverent, like I don't care about, if that's not art, I'm struck about saving of any kind. Like you can go in the recycling and be created in a new piece of paper and do it again. But that is seriously such a small but impactful activity that you could do with kids and get them involved and get them quiet and engaged for a second. 
that gives me great comfort. And honestly, it was coloring with row that reignited my love for crafting that got me back into crocheting needle painting. So that's so, so awesome. So what's ahead that you want to share with everyone who's watching? What is going on with Five Smart Reads with you are now on Substack, so I know that there's a new way for people people to engage and ask questions. Tell us all the things. So the Substack move um, happened a lot sooner than I thought it would. Uh, I I think we get along in that we're both like I think very tuned in with our intuition and alternative like therapies and whatnot. So I did an energy healing with an incredible person who was it online or did you go in person over the phone. That's so amazing. Not even like on Skype, she didn't need to see me, but she knew what was happening like in my body that some of the stuff she cleared up, I don't know what possessed me, but like right after that clearing, I like set up my Substack. I started like copying and pasting all my old newsletters over to it and like set up the everything. And like by Monday it was live. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm really excited about it because there is now a paid daily newsletter that allows me to go a little deeper on an article than I can do on like a small Instagram story frame. There's, if you're, you can search for any article, like, because all of them are in the free weekly newsletter. So there was an article that you're like, oh my God, she mentioned something about, you know, oil and or the water in the Nile River Delta in Northern Africa. And I wanted to read that. You could just search those terms and it'll come up. And that's amazing. It's an easy way for people to go back and find old articles, to find old book recommendations that I recommended. For me to go back, if they ask me a question in PM, I could just point them to the site or I could point them to the specific newsletter that I talked about it in and have them engage there. And it just allows me to Instagram people. I love it. I definitely, I prioritize spending time on the platform because I genuinely enjoy it. But I did not love how many hours a day I was spending on Instagram, that having Substack allows me to just sort of own my space and own my content and create an uh, way that is easier than, you know, typing on my phone. So mm. I'm finding that too, as we um, build out the course, it's fun to be like, okay, I can educate and share elsewhere in a deeper way. And that that's potentially going to be of greater service to those who are interested in our work is to just give them that deeper dive. Let's go a little bit further. Yeah. So the podcast is going to come back in September. Uh, researching new episodes and September is actually going to have an incredible month-long series on vaccines. So like what a vaccine is and how it works in the I love that. Like the history of vaccine in terms of drug development overall and then the business and the philanthropy of vaccine. Be mm. Contrary to what people believe, vaccines don't make a ton of money, which is why when we hit a global pandemic like this, like shit hits the fan and all of a sudden everyone is developing a vaccine. We don't have a robust antiviral, antibacterial, or antibiotic drug development programs at most companies now. And the startups that start up to start these run out of cash and can't find additional investment as they progress. So that is a whole referendum on healthcare, like a separate one entirely. But like, it, they're not huge playmakers for pharma. So when I see people saying, oh, big pharma, this, 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 and I go, you should be pissed off at what they're charging for like 
certain cancer drugs or rare disease drugs, like, and why they're going after them is because they have huge margins and they can mm -hmm. whatever. And that is what should infuriate you that they are investing their time and energy on those kinds of drug development programs that are going to affect lives, but we're not thinking about the big picture, what's going to affect the whole world. Mm, yes. I'm excited to like, you know, get my, my ex work experience and talk about that. And as far as it's the perfect bridge between both worlds. It's so interesting. That's amazing. And I think like, as this progresses, I would like after we, you know, exit out of this company, I would like healthcare to be more my passion and like investing in content be a little bit more of my career and where I earn most of my or salary or revenue because there's so much in healthcare that I want to be more opportunistic at and be, look at problems like how can I help here is it as an operator is it as an investor is it as a communicator because, like we need some healthcare influencers here. and I mean that's what we connected on when we first chatted was your ability to be that bridge to bring the information in from pharma fr from biotech like that side of things into um, everyday speak like the podcast will be in September is so valuable especially right now and I'm I'm excited to do more of that and I want to do more of that in terms of like my time overall so building out the business of five smart reads and sorry <laughs> Oh, all good, all good. Ramping up my in that way is going to be important. So when I'm ready to make kind of switch my rules in that sense or switch like where my money comes from, that would be fun. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Hitha, for sharing so much with us. I'm going to share a little bit about my Resilience Masterclass series. Today is the last day to register. Uh, we close registration at midnight. It's a four-week masterclass series all about how you can be well and lead well together. So over five, four weeks, we're gonna be going through my roots of resilience, which are community, impact and identity, self-efficacy, work and wellness. And we're all going to ground ourselves in both our next right steps, but also in this really wild time. And there are 40 of you who are in the program already. And I can't wait to hopefully see more of you in class when we start on August 5th. Um, this is part of my Lessons in Resilience series, which is my IG Live series, which I'm going to be continuing because I think we all need a little bit more education and understanding of how fucking powerful we are and how much we actually can come through. And Hitha is someone who, like, I feel that kinship with. So thank you so much for sharing about what it means to be multi-passionate, how you brought together your two worlds your experiences in being a mother and sharing those words that was something that resonated so deeply with everybody so thank you thank you and for those of you who aren't following one or the other come check out our worlds and i think this won't be the last time we do this yes um someone said i think grieving the loss of the old life and trying to be flexible about the new normal is going to be really important in building internal resilience absolutely like <laughs> it's not about going back to normal it's about forging forward into what our new normal is going to look like and give yourself some grace during this period i don't know what the other side i don't know what it's going to look like. we're all kind of navigating in this crazy brave new world so let's all just be really really kind with one another amazing thank you everybody and have the best day and enjoy new york Hitha. <laughs> bye thank you so much for tuning in if you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye!